the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washall, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life and your money. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Beware. We love you so much. We're going to tell you the truth. Wyatt <laughs> is with us. Wyatt is in North Dakota. Hey, Wyatt, what's up? I'm good. How are you doing? Better than we deserve. How can we help? So my old lady and I are talking about getting married. <laughs> how, how, how old are you? <laughs> I, I am 28. Oh, tomorrow. she's so how, a, how ancient is this woman, this old lady? Uh, she's only 25. Oh, she's ancient. <laughs> she doesn't know that he called her the old I'm lady. I'm telling you, we, we were thinking about getting married until Wyatt got on the Ramsey show and called me an old lady. Okay, anyway. Um, so we're thinking about getting married. Um, we're up here in North Dakota working in the oil field, making pretty decent money. We'd like to kind of simplify things and combine our income to be able to pay off debt quicker. Um, I had talked to her about just going down to the courthouse quick, getting it done, and then later on, after we're completely debt-free, saving up and having a big ceremony, as big as she wants it and everything. But I can't quite convince her. You sound just like a guy. He's so romantic. You're such a guy. <laughs> she, she's more, she more wants to go. She's all for like eloping and then paying off debt. Well, what's the difference on like a small vacation? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Look, I, for me, I like, you know, if, if somebody says, Hey, I want to delay the big expensive party until later. And for now courthouse, uh, eloping, whatever. I just want to make sure you're doing it because you want to get married, not because you want to pay off debt faster. Like, I yep. feel like there's a little bit of motivation at, behind that. And my guess is that's maybe the part that doesn't sound as romantic for her if you're if you're putting it to her and serving it up on the platter of hey honey we can pay off our debt faster if we just go down to the courthouse and get the paper as opposed to i want to marry you today i don't want to wait and save up money i'm ready to put a ring on your finger today like that feels different so maybe just frame it up a little differently for her yeah okay yeah yeah trying to sell this like a joint venture <laughs> i wanted to do it as cheap as possible yeah I, okay so what do you guys make uh Combined 240. Good Lord. Okay. And how much debt do you have? About 205 combined. Okay. And so you're in North Dakota. So you hop a jet for the weekend and have a nice weekend in Vegas and spend three or four thousand dollars out of 200 okay. out of 240. And this is the first time in your marriage you will learn the lesson happy wife. Happy life. <laughs> exactly. Okay. But yeah. please don't say to your wife, I want to get married as cheap as possible. Like, let that, st keep that in your heart. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's good. That's good lady advice for you there, Wyatt. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. 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 You can't make it sound like a business transaction and go, hey, let's, let's do this and we'll have a big party next year too. But spend a couple of grand, mm -hmm. you know, three, three grand and buy you some airline tickets, a nice place and go to Vegas or go to whatever's I'm thinking of what's handy to North Dakota. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, pick you out a spot and, uh, you guys uh, go to Yellowstone. I don't care whatever it is, but get, you know, make it a nice weekend 
that's a notch above the courthouse, but still 15 notches below the expensive wedding. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And, I appreciate it. Yeah, and just, um, yeah, I appreciate what you're trying to accomplish <laughs> mathematically, but uh, you got to play the long ball. Yeah, okay, just, you can't just play short term. Yeah, makes sense. Long term, you're going to tell this story for the rest of your life. Right. And it needs to be a better story yeah, than the one you brought to us. Don't let Elvis do that. <laughs> don't let Elvis be the officiator you don't of the want, wedding. You don't, want the Elvis, you don't want the Elvis wedding? It, come on. Look, not me. I'm not the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christopher is with us. Christopher is in Charleston, South Carolina. Hi, Christopher. How are you? Hey, sir. Doing well, Mr. Ramsey. How about yourself? Better than we deserve. What's up? Well, sir, I'm moving to Oklahoma. My family's moving into, we're downsizing a little bit to a less expensive home. And uh, so basically when all is said and done after we sell the house in Charleston, we'll have just enough money to pay off the house in Oklahoma completely. Wow, that's awesome. Without our emergency fund. That's awesome. Yeah, which is, is great. Thank you, sir. Yeah, we're we're really excited. Uh, I'm on baby step number six, so this could be could be a really big moment for yeah. us. Thing is, uh, I'm a I'm a husband and a father of two. We're looking to expand our family. We are going to need to buy a minivan, and then we also do need to do some renovations on the house. So, is it worth it? So, my question for you is: Should I just throw all my money at the house, get it totally paid off, and then figure out the the car and the reno later, or should I figure that stuff out first and accept an outstanding mortgage on the house? Wow. Um, what, how, how extensive a renovation are we doing? Are you moving her into some kind of shanty? <laughs> no, sir. Not at all. Not at all. They're, they're wrapping up, uh, an inspection this afternoon. We probably will need to replace some flooring. Um, and there's a couple other things we want to do, but I'd say probably, probably about $10,000. And what's your household income going to be in Oklahoma? hundred K or actually probably closer to 95. Okay. And what do you need to spend on the minivan? Well, I, they're pretty expensive right now. Um, I'm thinking to get something that's not going to break down all the time, that's going to meet our needs, I, I would think about 30. Yeah, there's lots of 20 that don't break down all the time. Okay. This thing that break down all the time is kind of an exaggeration. They all break down, even the new ones. But, you know, yeah, there's lots of wonderful $20,000 vans. Okay, so, uh, and you have two kids currently, and the third is not on the way yet. Not on the way yet. That you know of. Okay. All right. (laughs) Not that I know of. That's right. right. And so, yeah. So I'm paying off the house. I'm going to do the renovation. Then I'm going to move up in van. That's what I do. All with cash. I mean, because you're going to roll this equity from the previous home into this home. I mean, you're not going to have any payments. You're going to be able to. No payments in the world. You're baby step seven. Yeah. You'll stack up that cash in no time. Okay. Yeah. Because your house, what's your house payment now? Fifteen hundred dollars a month. Okay. So two grand a month is not even a stretch. Yeah. Three grand, four grand a month is not even a stretch. So in t- three months, two months, you've got enough money to do the renovation. Okay. Right. Yes, sir. You know what you haven't. What's hard to do until you've actually let your brain knows you're going to have a paid-off house, but your emotions haven't reminded you to put that into the formula. Because mm-hmm. with no house payments, dude, it's amazing what I can cash flow. Mm, okay. That's what you're not used to doing because you've never been there before. Mm-hmm. So, right. way to go. How old are you? 29. You're a stud, man. Love way it. to go. Way to go. I'm proud of you. That's great. They might decide they want to do something nicer with the upgrade because they have money <laughs> and they can just keep saving quickly. Yeah, there's that. Huh. Wow. Very cool. Love it. Love it. Love it. 
This is The Ramsey Show. I've recommended Simply Safe Home Security for years, and over that time, they've just gotten better and better while remaining an amazing value. Their monitoring costs less than a dollar a day. Plus, unlike traditional home security providers, Simply Safe has no contract and no hidden fees. So don't wait to protect your home. Visit simplysafedirect.com right now and get a special 20% off. Simplysafedirect.com. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. I'm your host, Dave Ramsey. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, if you guys want to help us, we could use your help. If you want to help us promote the show, uh, that would be a big deal to us. We would appreciate it. You are our only marketing budget. So um, if you share the show uh, by clicking share or you know, if you subscribe to the show or follow the show, depending on whether you're a YouTube podcast, whether you're on, if you're listening on talk radio, tell people about the show that's sharing the show. If you're watching on TBN, tell people you're doing that wherever you're consuming the show, tell people about it, review it. Give us a five-star review. If that particular format allows for reviews and uh, share it with a friend and subscribe and follow, do all of those things. All of those help us push the show out with the uh, internet algorithms into people's face and let them know we're here. And it's one of the reasons that we're one of the top 10, 15 shows, uh, for instance, podcast in the world. Uh, on Apple Podcasts, we're in the top handful. Uh, one of the few that have had uh, over a billion downloads. There's only about five or six of us that have had that. So, And you guys are the reason. So thank you. Thank you. We appreciate all the help. All right. Brandon is next. He's in Columbus, Ohio. Hey, Brandon, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Hey, I uh, own a own and operate a business renovating homes, and my wife is a wedding photographer, uh, and we just have some irregular income, um, and we are sitting down at the beginning of the month and planning out every single dollar, but it just seems like, you know, we'll get week two or week three into the month, and bills start coming out, and it almost seems like we uh, run out of money uh, at the time the bills come out, and so mm-hmm. we sit down, and our budget hits zero, but at the same time, it's like, when when certain bills come out we it seems like we kind of ran out so just wondering what the best way to do with that is well, it sounds like you don't have any money or your planning sucks which is it paycheck planning i mean yeah, you, I you ought to know those no, bills are going to come out when you sit down at the beginning of the month right yeah for sure yeah i think so uh, i think uh it's just a matter of like week two we get a certain amount of money week three we get no money that kind of thing so so the problem um, is you guys are looking at the whole, you're going, okay, for this month, we're going to make $5,000, but you're not considering, and we get paid on the 10th, we get paid on the 13th, we get paid on the 17th, we get paid on the 29th. So what you've got to do is, and by the way, if you don't have every dollar, now's the time for you to get that because inside of every dollar, you can plan out your paycheck. So you can basically go in, right? You've already listed all of your expenses, but then you can go in and say, and not only do I have it listed and it's budgeted for, but this is the date that it goes out. And this is the date that this one goes out. And it will tell you, hey, that's not going to work. If you do that, you're going to run out of money. If you do it in that order, you're going to overdraw. So it helps you kind of stack these things in the right order so that you're planning when you're actually going to spend the money. And that's the piece to this that a lot of people are missing. They they put all the expenses in there, but they don't actually sit down and plan how and when those are going to come out and if that actually will work. 
Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. Every every dollar is the world's best budgeting app. We produce it and run it. And it's called the function that she's talking about. It's called paycheck planning. It's in the every dollar app. And so it's free. If you want to try it for free, there's an upgrade that includes connection to your bank that automatically loads the debit card charges into your particular categories. Mm -hmm. And so you go, okay, here's a grocery store charge that showed up on my debit card. I just grab it and drag it over Mm -hmm. into groceries and it keeps up my food budget, right? So it makes it very easy to work with Mm -hmm. your spouse and to budget. Now, do you have enough money coming in each month to pay the bills and it's just landing on the wrong dates? Is that what's happening? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we okay. get, it, it's hard because sometimes it's front-loaded, sometimes it's back-loaded. Right. Um, just a matter of when we're getting those payments. But, yeah, yeah I mean, we're, we're paying ourselves like – or we're, we're, you know, budgeting for the same, about the same amount every How much? month. It's just a matter of when we get uh, about 6,000. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Well, the other thing you can do is get a thousand ahead mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. leave, leave a thousand, leave that, a thousand yeah. laying there that you don't touch. And that's just your, your slush. So a little $200 mm-hmm. item hitting on the wrong week doesn't blow you up. Yeah. That'll help smooth it out as well. Sharon and I did that because we ran every, we ran with irregular income for well, we have mm-hmm. for our whole lives. But it was extremely volatile when we first started this. We would make nothing, yeah. literally zero in a month. And then I was doing real estate deals, and we might make twenty thousand bucks or something the next yeah. month. So, um, yeah, that was that was how we started. It was an, it was completely volatile, but we were making good money annually. Yeah, I think those two questions that you and Brandon hit on are the two biggest uh, pain points that people have a hard time realizing, oh, that's the problem. Because they're like, I'm doing my budget. What's going on? You know, I I listed all the expenses. But if you don't do that critical step of planning that paycheck and planning when those items are going to come out and have that like what you call that cushion, I always call it just a cushion line item amount, you can't set it to zero. Like zero based budgeting doesn't mean you have zero. It's not zero. Ba- it's not zero based checking account yeah. balance. Yes. It's zero. It's I'm going to spend all of this month's income on some category. That's right. But it doesn't mean you keep a zero balance That's right. in the checking account, but it is zero based budgeting. You do spend every dollar this month. Right. That is coming in on something. But no checking account at zero. It can be be charity. It can be Mm -hmm. whatever you're doing. It can be your tithe at church. It can be whatever you're doing there. Mm -hmm. But you spend every dollar. And and then the thing that makes it go fastest is when you find money by doing that. Mm Because as soon as you start doing a budget, you'll feel like you've got a raise. That's right. When you find money and they're doing that, for the first time, you're going to kind of have this aha moment. Because most people, budget is real intimidating. And when you finally start doing it and you're making it behave instead of you're being intimidated by it, yes, then it opens up a whole new world. And then you start working the baby steps with what you find. The found money gives you the ability to accelerate through the baby steps. Mm-hmm. And inside of every dollar, we help you do that, too. And that's the uh, financial roadmap. That's right. Yes. And then, of course, you know, you put real gas on it by going through Financial Peace University yes. while you're doing all this. And now, man, now we got this is like the sub sandwich with every kind of meat on it here. <laughs> that's right okay this is like the big mamma jamma this is a, we're gonna get her done okay and look that, that's when it opens up paul is in new york hey paul how are you i'm good how are you dave better than i deserve how can we help yeah so i find myself in a very peculiar financial situation um to kind of give you the rundown uh and i i had a job in tech um, and unfortunately with the tech layoffs this year um, recently got laid off. Um, I was making 
150 base plus benefits. Um, additionally, I do have a car loan. I do have some student loans, which I know are coming back online soon. And then as well as uh, a personal loan. Um, thankfully, I have How much are your student loans? Oh, um, about 20. And how much is your car loan? Uh, the remaining principal is 28 okay. I believe. And what's the personal loan? How much? Uh, uh, 20, 22 five. Okay. And, and now you're unemployed. Yes, thank God, but I do have no credit card debt. I've always treated my credit card as charge cards, so I never carry a balance. Um, I do have an emergency fund right now of about $25,000. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a portfolio of um, stock investments that are predominantly cash right now in my brokerage account at about $25,000. And then I also have, which included my severance, um, in my checking account, I have about 30 30 Okay, so the day you get employed, you could write checks and be debt-free. Yep. Yeah, so here's, here's now the catch, though, which is kind of why I'm calling in, because I'm trying to figure out how to, how to best handle this. Um, as far as the job goes, I'm, I'm not too concerned about finding another job. I think my past experiences will, will help me get that. I'm kind of grappling with the thought that it might not be as much, since things are trying to like normalize right now in the market. Oh, maybe it's more. Is, um, I think it's more. Oh, yeah, yeah that would be great. <laughs> no, I really do. Um, what do you do in tech? Uh, so I do um, uh, biz- business and operation strategy. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a uh, an engineer or a coder, unfortunately, but um, I, I do help the business side of tech grow. Um, mm-hmm. So um, there's that part. Um, however, the kicker that I mentioned before is that I decided to branch out and I bought a small business last year. Um, you know, it was growing, doing very well. Um, there's a SBA loan attached to that, which you can imagine comes with a personal guarantee. How much? Uh, 20. The remaining principal is 209. All right. Hold on. Oof. Hold on a minute. We'll come back to you and we'll talk about this after the break. This is the Ramsey Show. You've been gazelle intense. You've eaten more beans and rice than you knew existed. And now you're ready to make your biggest investment better. Blinds.com is a great way to dress up a room or your entire home. Whether you like do-it-yourself projects or you don't even know what a Phillips head screwdriver is, trust Blinds.com to take care of you like Ramsey would. You can do the measuring and installation yourself or let Blinds.com's professionals handle everything for you. Blinds.com offers a completely hassle-free experience. Count on them to deliver stylish window treatments from premium brands without the premium markup. And you can count on free shipping, free samples, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee so you can rest easy. That's why we've recommended Blinds.com for over 10 years. Shop Blinds.com right now and get up to 45% off. That's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host. We're talking to Paul in New York City. He's got about um, huh, he's got about eighty thousand bucks in the bank, and he's got about eighty thousand bucks in debt until he opened a business. Now he's got two hundred nine in an SBA loan, and he lost his hundred fifty thousand dollars tech job. Is that a fair summary of what you told me, numbers wise, Paul? Yep, I mean, I do have a 401k, but I've, I've listened to your show long enough to, re- to know not to, to touch that. Right. <laughs> so how much I, I is, how much is in the 401k? Uh, 26. Okay. And how old are you? Uh, I'm 29. And what is this business that you paid $209,000 <laughs> of borrowed money for? 
Yeah, so it's actually a uh, a salon, a grooming salon. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's for for pets. Okay, and what'd you pay for it? Um, the uh, purchase price was two thirty five, and I had twelve percent equity um, as a requirement for the loan. Yeah, and um, what is the net profit on this business? Well, when I bought it, it was uh, a year, which which I understand was it was owner operated, which you know I'm I kind of semi absentee. Um, it was 120, but with changing business dynamics that I was not prepared for, it's looking at about um, this year probably like 70, 80. What business dynamics changed? Yeah, so I mean, one of the advantages that it had in the beginning was that it was hourly employees when historically it's been commission employees. Um, and you know, once once things changed hands and the new year started, um, considering how it's a required trade for people, because I'm not a, I'm not a groomer myself, um, you know, they kind of advocated for commission pay to be at like market rate. And with my hands tied behind my back, I kind of had to like give it. Um, so that really contracted my so, margins. And yeah, so you got confused profit. about who owned it. You thought they did. Yeah, you know, I've never uh, had employees dictate to me in in thirty years. I've never had employees dictate to me what I pay them. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a that's a good point. Um, and it's, the fortunate thing is, you know, I, I try to look for alternatives. And fortunately, in the area that I'm at, um, because it's a skilled trade, I guess you have to go to school for it if you want someone actually good. Um, you know, they're they're, they're that's kind of like what the market is. And I thought I had more time. Uh, to, to navigate that, yeah. but it came in. I think like, you uh, have. I think you have a business model problem and a comp problem and a leadership problem in your small business. You need to go solve that. Uh, you sound like you are a victim to circumstances, and if you're going to survive in business, you can't be a victim. You've got to get out there and attack this and go. Okay, I've got to get people back on the books the way the old owner had them on the books because everything you're talking about existed when you bought this business. And the old owner was running it at 120, and you managed to make it down to 70 pretty quick. So you got to go clean this up. Uh, and you're supposed yeah, to know business yeah. strategy. That's what you're supposed to be doing at the other place. So you got to go. You got to get your labor straightened out, and it probably means you need to fire them all systematically, not all at once. But you need to get you need to get a new source of labor. Start believing in the system that you bought originally and go back and restaff it and you're probably lost these people because they think that they now think they run the business they unionized on your some kind of bull crap here i don't know what happened and then then you need to get this thing sold because you are not equipped to run it mm. it's running you it's killing you you've lost half of your value on this one issue because they led you you didn't lead them and you accepted that the marketplace told you something. And when you're in business, you tell the marketplace things. That's how you do this. So you you got to impose your will, man. Uh, and, and then you got to get your back, back get get back out there and get your job at 150 again, and then write a check and pay off all your debts. But you need to sell this thing for 235 if you're lucky. After you get your labor cost straightened out. And um, that's what's going on. We deal with this stuff all the time in, in Entree Leadership. I do the Entree Leadership podcast. I take calls from guys like Paul every day. And this is why you don't borrow money mm-hmm. to buy small businesses. SBA loans are probably the dumbest thing on the planet, second only to student loans. And, mm-hmm. so, and both government funded, by the way. 
government's going to help small business out. They just help this guy who's 29 years old, doesn't know beans about anything, go $200,000 in debt to buy pet grooming. Did you just hear that? This is what you did with your tax dollars. Okay. And now it's just a, you know, and it wasn't, it, yeah, no, 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 no. So you may need to go to school and learn to pet groom for a little while. And it's almost like he could have created his own pet grooming business and earned $209,000 a lot faster than buying. I promise you. You know what I'm saying? Promise you. Yeah. I'm not paying for that. Yeah. That's, that's too, it's too ease of entry on something. And that's where we're going. So yeah, Paul, um, you got some serious moves to make here, but part of it is you got to readjust your mindset and how you're approaching this so you can get the value back in this business. And then you need to get it sold. Uh, you thought you were diversifying and investing and you weren't. Uh, you went deeply in debt and, as you said, signed it personally. So we got to get you out of that as fast as we can get you out of it. But the best way is you get the value back in the thing and then let somebody that wants to be in the pet grooming business that knows something about it come along and pay you what you paid, hopefully, that owner for. Ben is in Atlanta. Hi, Ben. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, how are you doing? Better than I deserve. What's up? Yes, yeah, so I just had a question about um, contributing to a 401k when you're trying to pay off debt. So I'm in a position where I've got some debt that I'm working on paying off, and my employer matches 50% of 401k uh, contributions. So I'm curious if it's a good idea to continue to contribute there and just use whatever extra I have to pay the debts or to stop contributing completely and pay the debts off and then go full force in the 401k. I mean, I think it's great that they're offering you that sort of a match. And the good news is after you pay off your debt, it'll still be there for you. So if it were me, the whole thing about paying off the debt, right, is you you need this intensity. You need as much money as you can get your hands on going towards this debt. How much debt do you have to pay off? Uh, Just about 100,000. 100,000. So man, you need every dollar. So instead of putting that money to your 401k, pull that money back out, have that available to you to put towards this debt. And my guess is, man, you're gonna be, what's your income? About 125000 All right. In two years, you'll be ready to go. Yeah, you're going to live yeah. on nothing, beans and rice, rice and beans. So what we figured out, Ben, is that what we're suggesting you do is stopping your 401k. You're going to miss the match for two years. That is mathematically incorrect advice. Agreed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's weird. As a matter of fact, in the financial world, it's blasphemous. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so people call us uh, heretics all the time. We should be burned at the stake. But what we've discovered is the number one key to becoming wealthy is to be debt free because you get control of your most powerful wealth building tool, which is your income. Now, once we know that that's the number one key, then what's the number one or number two key to becoming debt free? What we've discovered there is it is not a math problem as much as it is an emotional problem decision and this incredible focus and what you give up in math on the match you gain in speed on getting out of debt because you are laser focused on one thing light dispersed simply lights a room focused it's called a laser and you can do surgery with it and so that's Mm -hmm. what we're doing we're completely laser focusing for a short period of time and even though it on the surface it appears to be mathematically incorrect, on the whole, over a 10- or a 20-year picture, it is more mathematically correct because you will actually get your $100,000 mountain climbed and be done with it. 
And there's something else to add to that. When you when you make the choice, hey, I'm going to stop my contribution, that also signals, okay, this this is serious. This is important. Yeah, I can't your, lollygag your with this. Your mind is saying, game on. Yes. Game on. Because, you know, you don't want to miss out on that over this, you know, five, six years. You got to pay off this debt and make that contribution pause worth it. Yeah. Half but doing five things gets you nowhere. All in on one thing, I'll bust it. And that's what happens. Everybody tries to half-butt do about six things at once. I'm going to put money in my kid's college. I'm going to put money in my retirement. I'm going to put money extra on the house. I'm going to go on a vacation. I'm going to use credit card points. I'm going to half-butt my life away and end up with no freaking money. And that's what most Americans do. Thank you for joining us, America. Jade Washall Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Daniel's in Pensacola. Hi, Daniel. How are you? Hey, Dave, Jade. How are you guys doing? Great. How can we help? All right. So I just got a quick question. Um, it's a planning question. Uh, I'm in the military and heading, be changing uh, locations in 2025. Uh, we did buy, we purchased our home here in Pace, Florida, and we absolutely love our area. It's unfortunate that I have one more place to go before I retire from the military. And I know uh, we've, we've gone through all the, where we anticipate being on baby step four in 2025, just to get you um, just a head, uh, kind of an idea of where, where we're heading towards. And I want to know what to do because we don't want to lose our home here. We want to come back here. We love our church here. We love our community here. And I know the Navy's got three more years out of me once I leave from here in 2028, I'm done. And we've thought about some things in my wife and we just want to know what the right thing to do is. I really don't want to sell my home, but I want to do what's financially smart. So the options I've brought to the table with me and my wife have talked about is, Hey, how about I'll leave wherever the Navy sends me. You stay here with the kids and after three years I'll come back and uh, I'll roommate with someone, whatnot. But I don't think that's smart relationally. Uh, and we thought about maybe increasing our savings just a little bit more so that we could anticipate the risks of renting it out. I don't know. I don't know what the right thing to do is here. And we don't want to lose this community and our low interest rate right now. Um, again, if I know selling it might be the best option just based on what I've listened to in the past. Yeah. I just don't want to lose. Daniel, we love this. Daniel, how long you been serving? Yeah. 15 years now. Um, thank you. After thank I'm done you. here, it'll be at. Yeah, thank 17. you for your service. Thank you for your service. You guys, you you guys have paid a price and you moved all over the world. Um, yes. Yeah. If you move, take your wife with you. Mm-hmm. Life's too short, dude. Okay. And then you decide what you're going to do with the house. We typically, and we work with a lot, as you know, Daniel, we work with the military a lot. Thousands yeah. and thousands of military folks have gone through Financial Peace University and the chaplaincy program and other places, okay? So while we, we do a lot of interface with the military, we love you guys. And uh, what happens a lot, as you probably heard me say in the past, is every time you get stationed, you buy a house, and you end up with rental properties dotted all over the map of your history. And that's a really bad method for collecting rental properties. Your, your goal is a little different. Okay, your goal is I'm going to come back to this house. I love or because I love this community. I love this church. Um, you know, if I could hold my nose and be away from my wife, I'd just let her stay here. But that's a little rough. I don't think I could do that. So you, I, you can do whatever you want to do, but I couldn't do that. 
So I would move yeah. them with me, um, which means that either the house is sitting empty or you're renting it. Both are, both are hard on a house. Because right. I don't care. It, the best renters in the world, when you move back in your home after someone else lived in your home, it is emotional. It's yuck. It's not the same home. It's yuck. The spirit has changed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, I, I own a house that I used to live in, and I don't. I cannot imagine this. And I've walked back through it several times. When, you know, when we've renovated it for renters, you know, it's 20 years since I've lived in that house, and it's get every time I go through it, it gets weirder. When I walk in there, it's just it's like that. going back okay. to your old elementary school. Crap shrinks, you know. You know, it's just like the room shrunk. It's like, how did we even, golly, you know, it's not like we're spoiled brats or snobs or something, but it's just the world is weird. The appliances are going to be three years more outdated. The roof is going to be three mm-hmm. years older. The weeds are going to be three years taller and start to look like trees. And, you know, it's just a thing. So I, I, can, I can, if you want to do it and keep that house, the thing you've got to be prepared for is you're going to spend some money when you come back more than you think putting that house back into Daniel condition. Okay. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and smell and everything else. And, uh, and, and it's still going to be an older house when you move back into it. I personally have owned enough real estate, and I grew up in the real estate business. Mom and Daddy, our furniture, when I was a kid, our furniture was trained to jump on the truck. I mean, we moved all the time, right? So um, I, I don't have a lot of emotional tie to houses. It's just a stupid house. There's one on every corner. So if it was me, I'd sell it in about 30 seconds. I don't want to deal with long-distance renters, and I'm certainly not going to move back in after I rented that house. It's too weird for me. Uh, so I just moved back to yeah. the community, buy another house down the street or buy a house in a newer neighborhood that's near that church and start my life again in Pensacola after I retire from the Navy. That's what I would do. I wouldn't keep it. You, I think you're putting too much stock in this house being your method to return to Pensacola. Yeah, I think that sometimes where when there's something that you want – Right. And you want to have this thing and you know the method of you keeping it is not the smartest choice. Right. You know that that's not the smartest choice, but you'll do that in order to say, well, this is the way I get back. But honestly, in three years, if it's meant for you to be back in Pensacola, I'm pretty sure you'll be able to find a house. Yeah, they got houses. They got more houses and they got newer ones. Yeah. And so and they just got better ones. relinquish some of that control and know if you're supposed to go back to Pensacola, there's a housing market there. If that's God's plan for your life, you'll be back. You know, you'll be back at the church, you'll be back in the community, and you'll be able to find the right house for you. And I don't know uh, what the real season. estate market will be like. I mean, let's pretend that the real estate market really sucked in three years, and you could get a great buy. Right. And you might move up substantially. I mean, what what if three years from now was like 2008, the best buying opportunity in real estate history? I bought so much real estate in 2008. It was unbelievable how much real estate I bought. It was awesome. <laughs> it was best buying time ever. I know it was hard times for a folk, and it was sad, but, yeah. I mean, it was the best time to buy real estate. Because <laughs> it wasn't that good for me, Dave. Let's just be I'm honest. I'm just saying, if you buy, if you were buying, it was like a dream freaking come true. We're buying stuff a, qu- we're buying stuff a quarter on the dollar. It was incredible. So oh, man. I don't know. I'm not predicting that, by the way. I think the real estate market's going to get better, personally, but I'm always half full glass. So, um, but, yeah, I'm selling it, Daniel, and that's all my reasons. Mm-hmm. But in your case, if you choose to keep it, I'm not going to yell at you. 
if you were going to be doing three more stations before you got out of the Navy, I would just say you're stupid. Don't mm-hmm. sell it, period. Don't do it. That's dumb. Okay. But because uh, you're going to end up a long distance landlording in five different places, like I just described, I don't want to, I don't want you doing that. But you're probably coming back to Pensacola, but I think you are underestimating how difficult it's going to be to move back into that mm-hmm. house. It's going to need work. Um, we have this idea. And I'll tell you the other time this comes up, Jade, and it's, it's, it's also just as um, naive mm-hmm. is a nice way of saying it. Uh, delusional is what I was thinking, but mm-hmm. it's a, there's a delu- an, an illusion. It's not delusion that we have is I'm going to buy the house I want to retire in 10 years from now. You know, I live in Kansas City, and I'm going to buy a house in Florida yeah. that I want to retire into, and I'm going to rent it between now and then. Oh, gosh. And, you know, by the way, you have a 10-year-old dishwasher. Look. Or if you buy a five-year-old house, you got a 15-year. Oh, wait a minute. No, you have a new dishwasher because you've replaced it for the renter. Mm-hmm. Oh, the hot water heater. Hello. Yeah. I mean, so you, you, this is the stuff we don't think about. These, these appliances don't have 30-year lives. No, and the people you put in there aren't taking care of it. Before we moved to Tennessee, we had renovated our previous home top to bottom. It was just the way we wanted it. And I remember thinking, oh, man, I wish there was a way I could keep this house because, you know, that it's like the guy. I love this community. You know, I'd love to go back there, even if we just vacationed there. But it didn't work out financially, right? Do you know we've gone back to look at that house since somebody bought it and has rented it? And it is so clear that's not our house anymore. Mm. It's not our house. That's exactly what I'm talking about. The, it, house, the house that I own mm-hmm. is not my house anymore. It's not my home yeah. anymore. It's mm-hmm. my house. I own it. Mm-hmm. But it's not my home anymore. It, it takes on a different... And, and it's a great neighborhood. It's a mm-hmm. wonderful property as an investment. But um, I can't even get my kids to talk about moving into it. <laughs> and they grew up in it. Isn't that weird? How would you like to move back to your childhood home? Never. Okay, it's the same dead gum thing. It's the same thing I'm talking about. That's exactly how it works. Very fun. It's a good discussion, Daniel. It is. Good discussion. Thank you for calling in with a question. And again, thank you for your service to the country. Absolutely amazing. This is The Ramsey Show. What's up, guys? It's Jade. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.